You're listening to the Junior Hereford Show with Noah Benedict. Let's get ready to learn, lead, and achieve. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Junior Hereford Show. I'm your host, Noah Benedict, and I'm sitting here today with Cheryl Mitchell. Cheryl, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. I am a keynote speaker in the uh, industry of ag and um, have done workshops with leadership and change management and work with basically in the ag industry. Awesome, Cheryl. Do you, uh, you want to shed some light on maybe why I chose to be here talking to you today and how we've gotten to know each other over the years? I got to know Noah several years ago through the Champaign County Farm Bureau Foundation that I'm on. He's been a scholarship recipient, and we have just over the years kind of connected. And recently, he helped me um, with a startup ag company and a panel, advisory panel, and just a young leader up and coming. And um, since I've done some leadership things, we've... Um, and, and we actually had some fun at a gala selling some tickets, and um, we were quite the team and sold the most tickets So at a fundraising event. Yeah, if anyone ever asked, we definitely won that competition on who sold the most tickets that day. Uh, we did. <laughs> Regardless of whose ticket came out as the winner, we sold the most. Yes. That's right. But no, it's, it's been a pleasure to work with uh, Cheryl over the years. And as you guys may be able to tell, she's very focused in leadership. So any of our junior members or any of our um, adult members out there listening today, that's kind of what we're going to focus on. Um, and we're going to start with just some Q&A here. Um, you know what? Cheryl, we've got all ages listening to this is, is the goal from 7 to 21, and then obviously their parents and, and anyone else that wants to listen. Um, for someone getting started in an organization, what's something they can do to get started, right, to get their foot in the door, and what's some advice you can give from a totally outside perspective, right? Like you've never been to an NJHA event, so what's one piece of advice you could give there? That is a great question. I would say over the years as I've thought about leadership and worked in leadership, being a good leader of yourself and working on yourself. Um, and as you come into an organization, listen a lot. You don't know what you don't know. Um, and that listening, because you can glean a lot of information and um, insight from people who've been there for, who have the experience, who are seasoned, not old, um, seasoned people, just listening and taking your time to uh, think about and learn the culture. What, what is this organization like? And I've made the mistake over the years of wanting to change things really fast because I think I have great ideas. And s slowing down and really just listening um, is, is, I've just, to me, that's one of the most important things you can do starting anywhere. Yeah, um, slowing down and listening, we've, we've definitely gotten that advice a time or two in our lives, I'm sure all of us. Um, but no, I, I think that's great advice. And, and it, for me, in my own life, that definitely holds true, right? Like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, you know, you want to you want to get going. Even, I mean, 14, 15, you all you want to do is get going. And whether it be learn how to clip a calf or fit or, you know, the best thing to do in the show ring, if you don't know it, you're not going to learn on your own. Right. You got to have people that help you get you get you there. And I think Talk maybe a little bit how that's anything in life, not just showing a cow. Right. Well, just as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, even me in my 50s, I'm thinking, well, I know. And I, I what I know, actually, I didn't know. And so um, that approach, I mean, I think about, I, I grew up on a dairy farm. 
so as a farmer's daughter, you, you learned and you listened and you, you learned as you went. And I think for me too, just, I don't know, just saying, I don't know. Tell me more about that from someone who's in the ring, someone who's in a company. Um, I mean, when I went into education, I'm thinking, I don't know how to do this. I mean, I have all the technical education, but the day-to-day, -day, I don't. So um, just asking questions and being honestly humble enough to say, I don't know, so help me, you know? Right. As you're, as you're sitting here talking, um, it, anyone that you want to have help you is going to answer the question that you ask, right? Like yes. if, if you admire someone enough or think someone knows something enough, go ask them. And if they don't want to talk to you, that's not who you want to work with anyway. Bingo. And, and I think about that when people ask me, I'm like, oh my gosh, of course I want to help you. So why wouldn't those people want to help me? So it is, it is that. And even if you don't know the questions, okay, I don't even know what I am supposed to know here. So tell me more. I use that a lot. Tell me more about that because people want to talk. People want to share the knowledge they have. They're excited about that because they've learned it and they're excited to share that with the next generation, especially young people. And I think, um, you know, if you think about leadership, I think we've kind of done a disservice because we tell you you're supposed to be a leader. You don't, you know, you're not, how do you, <laughs> you don't know how to be a leader. You can't, and not everybody should lead a whole group of people. Right. So, um, you don't know. So ask, yeah. If you want to be a leader, you got to have five or six people that drag you along the way to get That's, you there. I mean, <laughs> that is correct. Even if it's, well, okay. So my first leadership experience, if I may, I was 15 years old, maybe 16, and we were bailing straw. So the we got a crew to come and bail. Right there were these, I don't know, five or six football guys in my town, and they came, and my dad put me in charge of the wagon. So. I'm unloading, the guys are in the barn, and he's like, okay, start slow, and then pick it up, because we want to see who's got it, and who can stick with it, and I'm like, but dad, I like, want to make a good impression on these <laughs> dudes, and you're, so that was my first experience in leadership with how do you lead other people, and it was, I was thrown into it, and I look back, and I go, oh, okay, so I made mistakes, but it was fun also, because they did what I said. <laughs> It, it's a different feeling the first time someone does what you say and they don't necessarily have to like there's there's no rhyme or reason yeah. I remember like a couple guys got into it at open gym one year I, don't, I think it was a junior I just threw them out oh they didn't have to listen to me but they did they left like it, it is a, it's a weird feeling it is and and there's a little bit of this is the caution there's a little power in that you're like oh well, somebody listened to me, you know, you kind of stand up straight and have a little confidence. And then you think, okay, wait a second. I want to be careful because if people are actually following me, do I want them to follow what I'm doing? Yeah. So, so we're kind of jumping ahead here, but touch on that. Like when, when you find yourself in a leadership spot, you know, we'll work on getting there. Yep. But as we, you know, we're, I feel like we're at a spot here where when you get there, like, how do you go about doing it the right way? Like, how do you this is something I've talked with you about, like how do you better yourself in order to better others? Um, that's where I think the intentionality comes in. For me, this is personal. Intentionally working on my own self. And I do something at the end of every year where I step back and reflect and I look back at the year and I look back at the wins, the successes, the challenges, the places that I screwed up. 
the places that I didn't lead well and how do I use those? And then I, I have some tools in my life. I have an executive coach that I have worked with now going on seven years. Um, so I put other um, pieces in place to keep me accountable because it can get pretty powerful if people are leading, following you and you think, well, they're listening and, and I know it all. And the, the reality is I don't. So I have safeguards in place to check my integrity, to, you know, the message that I'm giving to help me focus. Um, and I, cause I know I can't do that by myself. Right. And I, I think you bring up a good point. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have been selected chairman this year for our junior board. And, and I'm, I'm very grateful that the other members of the team saw me that way. Um, but one thing I, I tell them all the time, whenever it feels like I'm like the one being asked to like be in power is guys, like we're all doing this together. I'm just kind of coordinating and putting ideas together. Right. Talk a little bit about how a leader has to do that. How, I mean, this, this junior board we got is uber talented right? Like how do you manage those ideas? And, and I mean, all 12 of us could come to the table with a different idea and all of them could still be really good. Correct. So a leader truly builds other leaders. If you don't have anybody following you, you're not a leader. So if you're all about yourself, so how do you do that? In a board meeting, you recognize and say, okay, if someone's being rather quiet, specifically say, Hey, Tim, what do you think about that? What's your idea? Because we all have different styles, right? And I've learned over time, some people are really quiet, but they have amazing things to say, but they're not going to do it in public so or in a group. So specifically calling them out and asking those questions. And as the leader of the board and the chairman, then I really feel like your part of your job is to recognize the talent in others and see that this person is good with people, or this person's good with money. And so you're helping them learn what they're good about to put them in the right spots, um, in their place of, you know, in their sweet spot, so to speak. Guys, I think Cheryl is pre preaching to you guys out there right now. Um, <laughs> yes, she is. And I, I mean, and I can tell you firsthand, you know, that, that we're as the NJHA and what we do, we're going to put you in positions to make yourselves leaders, right? Um, you know, whether it be at Faces of Leadership, our new bold conference, or even just doing public speaking at the Junior National. Um, we're, we're trying to help you guys become young leaders and, you know, when you get put in this spot, I think what Cheryl's hitting home right now is, is really, really important, especially that first time you do it. And it is not going to be comfortable. And that's a good thing because you don't grow in your comfort zone. You, you have to be, and, and having somebody nudge you a little bit more and okay, public speaking. You may not like to do that. And it is a very big fear. I mean, most people are more afraid of public speaking than anything else, spiders or snakes or whatever. <laughs> um, when I was in 4-H, my dad and mom made us take public speaking, made us. And I have a brother who did not want to do that. He And another brother who had a bit of a stutter and he did it. And he, to this day, now he has to do that. So you're bored, you're be uncomfortable. And, and embrace that instead of resist that. But also that's where it comes in as, as the person going, okay, look, I'm uncomfortable with this. I need a little bit more along the way. I'm willing to do this, but I need some help to do it. So yeah, when they push you, you, yeah, take it, embrace it. It's funny you bring <laughs> that up. I don't know if I'm worth a darn public speaking at all today or not, but I can definitely say that I'm comfortable doing it because my parents made me speak it 
the junior national contest when I was in second grade. I mean, I, I, I really do. I've had to get up and address a lot of people. Yes. And again, I don't know if I'm any good at it, but I know I'm comfortable doing it because of that. Right. And, and that's part of it too, is just being in that com- And then how do you push yourself and know that, I mean, I'm a keynote speaker. I love it. Like it is, it is a natural place for me to be. I get nervous when I get up there and not everybody is that, but it, it's important truly as a leader to be able to speak to groups of people in a professional way. Awesome. Well, and okay. So here you mentioned being a keynote speaker and I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. So Cheryl and I actually got to meet this morning. Um, she, uh, just a sneak peek here. She's going to be helping us out at faces of leadership this year. And, uh, so, so Cheryl has no background with the NJHA whatsoever. I mean, None. she knows me and that's about it. And so she's going to be coming in and doing a keynote and some workshops and stuff for us. Uh, what what was just your, your, after the meeting this morning, what was your vibe about the NJHA? Like, what are you thinking? What are you excited for? What questions do you still have? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm really bummed that I wasn't part of it. Like, in grow, like, you guys are cool. And there was energy and excitement. Um, and I think, so I'm a person who's fundamentally motivated to have an impact, make an impact in people's lives. And whatever I do, I... That's the question. Will this impact someone else? Not necessarily me, but will it impact them? And as I sat in this meeting this morning, when you talked about looking out three to five years, how do we set the foundation for people's lives right now? How do we pour into them? That was exciting. And to think about, I don't know if your your group knows what goes on behind the scenes to make this a wonderful event, that it isn't just a one and done. It is we're looking at the future for you. And I think especially as we have such a, I feel like a negative opinion or negative outlook on the young and the youth, to me, that's baloney. Like there's excitement there if we're willing to pour into it. And that's from this morning. I was like, oh, you guys are willing to pour into it. That was, I left there going, yes, I'm so excited. Our, uh, yeah, our Faces of Leadership Conference last year in Oklahoma City was maybe one of my favorite weeks of the year. I mean, it was... It was awesome. I'm super, unfortunately, I'll be aged out at that point. I, I won't be able to be there, but um, I'm really excited for you to get the chance. I Just knowing you, Cheryl, and, and yeah. knowing kind of what you like to do, I think you're, I think it'll end up being one of your favorite weekends of the year, too. Good. Well, I'm excited. I, I, I am thrilled to be a part of it and can't wait to see how it all plays out. All right, everybody. Well, that's the first half of our segment here. We're going to take a brief moment to, to listen from our sponsors. This episode of the Junior Hereford Show is brought to you by the small advertisers for the month of June, who through their donations continue to make all of the programs at the NJHA, including the Faces of Leadership Conference possible. We'd like to thank Biglini Farms, St. Louis, Missouri, Boyd Beef Cattle, Mazelik, Kentucky, and Edinburgh Family Farm of Springfield, Illinois. We'd also like to thank Lawrence Herefords, Cedar Rapids, Minnesota, Rocking Chair Ranch, Fort McCavitt, Texas, and the Showtimes Magazine. The support of all these donors is what continues to allow Herford Juniors to learn, lead, and achieve. Welcome back, everybody. We just want to say thank you to those sponsors once again. All right, Cheryl, have you ever podcasted before or is this your first time? Um, this is actually my first time. So in, in these podcasts, one thing that I've decided I want to do, like take a personal look at you know who we're talking to and... Guys, the cool thing about Cheryl is, is she's done a lot in her lifetime, right? Like she talked about growing up on a farm. 
She did school herself. She was a teacher, relationship builder. She's on um, the Champaign County Farm Bureau board, like or foundation board, like she said earlier. And there's a million things that she does that help people that I don't know about. And I, I think just what I want to ask is what's what's a good story from one of those experiences? Like, and if you've got multiple, feel free. Okay. Well, um, so actually I've been told in my life that I really can't keep a job because if you look at my resume, there are all these different components. Um, there are tons that come to mind. I taught um, seventh and eighth grade um, in a private school. And I will say um, that I think I have a seat next to Jesus after teaching seventh grade because <laughs> that's a whole thing. Um, but I, there was this kid, there was this kid and every day he was in eighth grade and every single day he, when I would have my plan period, when I didn't have kids in the classroom, he would walk down the hall and he would kind of look in. Well, I knew he didn't like the class he was in because it was a teacher. It, they just didn't jive or whatever. And I finally looked at him and I said, Nick, what are you doing? And he was like, uh, I said, get in here. Cause this is me, right? I'm get in here. He's like, what? I said, okay, here's the deal. I said, why are you walking up? He goes, I hate that class. And he started complaining. I said, okay, Nick, you play basketball, right? It's a game. Well, yeah. I said, do you know the rules of the game? Yeah. I said, so school is a game. Do you know the rules of the game? Yeah, but I don't like them. I said, okay, so here's what we're going to do. When it's time to play the game, you play the game. And I said, if you need a timeout from the game, then it's my room. And that kid succeeded in that class. Like he got it figured out and it was, it was helping him see this perspective, but man, he was on sin. And the teachers, you know, teachers are like, oh, he's such a pain. I'm like, no, he's really not. He's really fun. So it was, to me, it was like that relationship piece right there. And he could have caused so much trouble. I mean, and then I had to teach another course. Um, I did some current events and things and he always challenged me, but we had this rapport where it was like, He's an ornery little stinker, but with me, he wasn't, you know, because he, he knew play the game, just play the game. I think, uh, I, I can think of a few kids in the NJHA that might, might be built a little bit the same, but I think what you bring up about how, I mean, what I get from that story is every kid's different. Every kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and how, how you have to handle those kids is very different. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, that, that's really, to, right. in my eyes, can be a good thing. And I, I think for me, the lesson in that or the, the moment in that was because people said, okay, so when I would get kids, they go, oh, well, this kid's going to be this. And, the, and I was like, no, I don't, I want to make my own opinion because I'm going to deal with them or learn from. So the ones who were troublemakers and ornery, I loved them because they were a little bit off. And, and it's real. I mean, I'm thinking about your group, right? And I'm thinking some of them are going that teachers are like me, or this situation is it's like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. How do we relate? And I learned what, how to, how to connect with them on a different level. Yeah. It was so fun. Like some of them that were the orneriest, um, I, I could, we could roll. <laughs> so we're, we're talking here about different kids and the different personalities. And, and I think, I think kids in the NJHA have to be aware of this too. Um, you know, and th this, this is such a unique organization in the fact that showing cattle brings us all together. But there's so many different routes you can go with it, right? Like right. You, you can get involved in contests. You can just show. You can get involved in everything, or you can be super involved in the leadership side of it. Really? See, I didn't know that because mm -hmm. I don't. I don't. 
I don't know how that all works. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we all have a, a common, you know, denominator, right? Like all of us show Hereford cattle or have at some point in our lives. Okay. But maybe touch on, you know, like when you go to a show like this and you have one common denominator, you know, for these kids, how do you find multiple? You know, like how do you go about, you know, finding finding kids that you're like, even though there's a bunch of different types of people out there? Okay, that's a great question. Because so I spoke at the Illinois Farm Bureau annual meeting and I one of the things I said to them is we all come, you know, the thousand people there, we all came from a different perspective, but we are here for one common goal. So very much like your organization, you're here for one. So I would say, be curious, ask questions. And I would, I've done this, like have a couple in queue that, you know, okay, what do you do? If you had an hour to kill, what would you do today? Because then somebody would, well, I do this. Oh, I didn't know you like to ski. I didn't know you like to read or what, you know, whatever that is, um, be curious about other people because that's how you find out something about, and everybody likes to talk about themselves. So while you're there for a common, you're all there because to show cattle, really just taking an opportunity, I think just to, I don't know, reach out to somebody and just ask them a question. Like, where are you from? Like, what do you like about your town? What do you not like about your town? I think, again, I, I say the word preaching. I think you're preaching to those parents or those like 10, 11, 12-year-old kids right now. Like, because there, there's a lot of opportunity to meet people. And when I look back, like meeting those people was, I, I've got lifelong friends from the MJHA. Um, and it's funny that you bring up like having a question. I throw a lot of people off when I say, tell me three things, like tell me three words you'd use to describe yourself. Right. Like, Right. Pretty pretty basic question. Like you think about yourself all the time, but people are like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." That's a cool. Yeah, you know, when I went to college, so I left home, uh, I, dairy farm, very small town. I was so ready to go to college. I mean, I thought I'm going to take on the world. I'm going to Carbondale. Like this is going to be awesome. And I was so freaking homesick. Like cried every. It was terrible, and I never felt like I fit. So maybe these. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, "But I'm just this person, and I don't." How do I, how do I fit? And I, I don't have, I'm not like other people. And, and I will tell you, I struggled with that because we didn't go on vacation. We were dairy farmers. You know, we didn't have the money to do, or we didn't, we didn't, I didn't have those experiences that everybody else had. So I sort of felt like I was less than, and in the end I realized it's not comparing myself to somebody else. It's I'm different and I have different experiences. So if you can ask those questions to help somebody realize that their experiences are theirs, they're not a right, wrong, good, bad, whatever. Um, and then you start to laugh and find some things that are common about each other. Then you go, Oh, I didn't know you had, or you know, somebody that knows somebody or, um, because that just starts that conversation and knowing that they're probably wondering the same thing too, you know, and feeling as insecure maybe as you are. Cause I know I struggled with that a lot. Yeah. That, that's what like, I remember when I was a kid, like going to this show, I'd be like, "Oh my, like that person just won the show. Like, there's, there's no way I can go talk to them." Right, like they, oh, yeah. Like, like guys, don't get me wrong. Like those people that win the show, they put in a whole heck of a lot of work and they do a great job at their craft, but they're another person. Like, yeah. You guys, you guys put your pants on the same way in the morning. That's right. And I, and I think that's what's cool about the NJHA is there's, there's so much opportunity to, to build your own success. But at the end of the day, you're still gathering with people who are just like you. 
Yes. And, and I think that's the whole humanity thing, right? We're just human beings. We're just, and, and just because I won something and I don't have, you won something and I don't have that experience remembering at the end of the day, we are human. And while it took a lot to get there, they still have those insecurities and struggles that you have in it, you know, or, and the other question is, how can you ask a question that you go, okay, how did you do that? Like, what's the one thing that you think got you this winning, you know, to win it. And maybe you learn from that and go, Oh, okay. I want to connect with this person because when I'm struggling, I know there's somebody else I can connect with, you know, like that personal relationship and, and learn from your failures too, I guess. And it, and it's a way to push yourself. If you're that person going up to the person that just won the show and that's where you want to be, that's the person you want to be around. That's exactly like right. that is, that's right. what they, they say that if you walk in, if you're in a room with your friends, your five closest friends and you're the smartest one in there, you need new friends. Yeah, ex- that's, yes, you do. And remember we went, we talked about being uncomfortable, be uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. You have nothing to lose by going to talk to someone. I mean, so it is, and if it feels uncomfortable, it's probably the right thing. Yeah. So yeah. guys, if you take anything away from today, I think we're telling you to go up and talk to someone. I mean, yes. I, I, that's, that's the first step in building any relationship really. I mean, you know, we can put you in a spot to do that at Faces of Leadership or XYZ conference right. that you attend, but ultimately it comes down to you on if you want to better yourself, right? Yes. And I will say, go up there with confidence and your hand out. And I'm Cheryl Mitchell. And boy, I'd love to, to hear from you. Like, tell me about your success or tell me because it immediately disarms them. Not that you, you want to learn from them or you're curious, be curious. And when you ask them, you know, you walk up with confidence that um, it opens a door that you wouldn't think it would. And it makes it not quite as awkward. It's awkward's okay. <laughs> awkward is okay. That yes, was that, at one of our, uh, at our junior board training, leadership training uh, last year, we, we met with Kelly Barnes, who most of our crowd knows. And okay. um, one of the first thing we did was this this thing called the name thing. It was an activity to get to, you act like you know it. I hate the name <laughs> thing. You know why I hate the name thing? If it's the one where you have to have, like, Noah, you know. Noah likes to run. Yeah. And repeat it for everyone. Right. Or or the the one I really hate is the alliteration one. Like, you know, um, are, sizzling Susie. Are you saying you actually hate it? Like it's a bad activity or like. It is a bad activity for someone with my name. <laughs> Cheryl. Like, how, shoot, shoot. How do you do that, right? <laughs> well, anyway, it's a good activity, yes, guys. Is. If we ever make you yes, do it, it it's a good it activity. Good. But um, one of the very first things that Kelly had us do was he, he made us stand in a circle, put our arms out. He's like, you guys are at fingertip length right now. Okay. Then he was like, take a step in. This is this is comfortable. He's like, take another step in. He's like, okay, what's this called? And we were all touching shoulders. And we were like, we all got no idea. He goes, this is awkward. Take two steps back right now. <laughs> so, but where I go with that is awkward's okay. Like yeah. to establish that boundary is not all bad. That's correct. Yeah. That's actually, that's good to, cause you can feel awkward and then you, you to know what that feels like and then step back out of it. Right. And so when you're doing the uncomfortable, okay, what's uncomfortable and what's uncomfortable and awkward. Okay. Now you, you know, move to the next level. So yeah, that's good. That is good. Awesome. Well, Cheryl, I mean, do you have any other just like, hey, when you guys are going about your daily lives, this is one thing you can do today to to be better. Just one simple thing. With, and Yeah, I would say be curious. Be curious about people. Be curious about situations. 
and approach the world with curiosity rather than, um, uh, it's just kind of a direct, what I have to learn today. I'd say be curious. I, I, I think that's fun. That's fun as well as informational. Get something out of the day instead of just getting through it. Exactly. All right. Well, Cheryl, thank you very much for your time. And it's a pleasure. And guys, you, if you can't tell from this podcast today, you should sign up for Faces of Leadership <laughs> ASAP. I am looking forward to it. Thank you for letting me be on this podcast. And I can't wait to see what you all get done. Thanks, Cheryl. You've been listening to The Junior Herford Show with Noah Benedict. Make sure to come back next time to learn, lead, and achieve.